Packing insulation was Mike Patrick's first job at Midwest Manufacturing. He was one of 300 men, mostly young, hired in January 1959 to help Admiral, a Chicago-based company that owned the Galesburg factory, meet America's seemingly insatiable post-war appetite for appliances. He had failed an eye test during the nurse's exam at the factory and had to get glasses before he started. Patrick had suspected he needed glasses because he always had trouble seeing the chalkboard from the back of the room in high school. But because he was an athlete, he didn't want to tie glasses around his head during basketball games. New hires got the nastiest, most grueling jobs, and stuffing insulation, which was like prickly cotton candy, into bare metal cabinets was one of them. The cabinets came from the metal-cutting area of the factory known as the Black Line, because the steel, darkened with oil, hadn't yet been painted. The Black Line was the birthplace of these early Admiral refrigerators. Flatbed semis unloaded massive rolls of thick steel from Chicago. The plant used ten rolls a day, fifty million pounds a year, that cutters and folding machines would shape into five sides. Gun welders then joined what would become the back, the two sides, and the top and bottom of the refrigerator. They left the door for later. The fused steel cabinet dangled from an overhead conveyor as it rode to the paint shop to be cleaned of its oily residue and painted. It would continue on the conveyor to a cabinet bank, where the empty cabinets gathered until they were needed on the line. When the scheduler called for them, men would slide the cabinets to the line across a concrete floor, which had been treated with a smooth, protective coating to prevent damage. A young man then spread scalding, gooey tar into the corners and up and down the creases of the bare metal cabinets. He shot the tar out of a pistol-gripped nozzle attached to a long canvas hose that he snaked in and around the metal shell. A fuming tar tank fed the hose, and workers fed the tank big black globs of solid coal tar when it ran low. The tank belched benzene, naphthalene, and other polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, PAHs. Most of the PAHs that filled the factory's air are now recognized carcinogens, but Patrick and his co-workers didn't give the noxious gases a second thought. Nobody, management included, had even an inkling that the stuff might be dangerous. The environmental movement was still over a decade away. The tar, the same as roofing tar, could saturate one's senses even from a hundred feet away. But here it was just a stinky nuisance, part of the job, and none of them expected to be at the Admiral factory very long anyway. The tar shooter then put the cabinet on its back on the wood slat conveyor for the first assembler, and starting in January 1959, that was Mike Patrick. When the cabinet arrived at his station, Patrick matched five pieces of thick fiberglass to the cabinet's five interior walls, the rectangular back and two sides, and the square top and bottom. The cabinet rested on six-inch wooden blocks on its back as it moved from station to station.
An athletic 18-year-old, Patrick scrambled around the cabinet, contorting his body to place each piece as if in the throes of a frenetic, toe-touching drill. The conveyor belt rattled along nearly continuously throughout the day, from 8 to 10 a.m., from 10.10 to noon, from 12.30 to 2 p.m., and finally from 2.10 to 4.28 p.m., leaving two minutes for clocking out. As the conveyor belt moved, Patrick had about 40 seconds to open the giant tractor-wheel-sized rolls of fiberglass, cut the sheets to size, insert them, and repeat. A foreman watched over Patrick's shoulder to make sure the insulation was packed tight and covered every inch of the interior. Otherwise, the refrigerator would struggle to stay cool.